Okay, guys, so before we get into the episode, I'm here to tell you about one of my first sponsors. I'm so excited. Today, I'm talking to you about former guest Sally Kim's company, which is called Crush Tonic. So Crush Tonic is incredible. Ever since Sally came on, I've been using it myself, and it's just like incredible. If you don't know what it is, um, you should, after you listen to this episode, go back and listen to Sally's episode. But basically, Crush Tonic is a collagen company. It's ingestible collagen, meaning you can eat it or drink it in this case. So basically, she makes these amazing little powder packs. There are different flavors. They just came out with a coffee flavor, which is so dope. Highly recommend it. But there are a bunch of different flavors, different containers it comes in. It's so aesthetically pleasing the way Sally has created it. I'm so proud of her. And in addition to that, I'm not sure about all the flavors, but the original flavor I know for sure also has biotin in it, which is good for your hair if you don't know that, and then probiotics in it, which is amazing for your stomach and your digestive system. So go on her website, which I will link in the episode description and get 15% off all products today from Crush Tonic for everyone. It's active now. The code is WTFSUP, so WTFSUP, and that will also be in the episode description. And now enjoy your episode. start then I'll talk into my microphone because sometimes I forget to do that. Hello everyone. So today I'm here with the one and only Betches Media star Dylan Hafer. And that's how you say it, right? I didn't even ask. Yes, Dylan Hafer. Yes. Oh my God, crushed it. Okay. Um. So if you guys follow Betches or Bravo by Betches, or you've read anything basically on the Betches website, you definitely know who Dylan is, even if you don't think you do. And if you don't, you should by now because he is an assistant editor at Betches Media and the co-host, a co-host on the Bravo themed Mention It All podcast. So welcome, Dylan. Thank you so much for joining me today like literally I feel like I've been creepily (laughs) following your career for like way too long now well thank you for having me I'm excited to be here and you know chat about everything usually I feel like I only get to talk about housewives so I'm excited to do like a little bit of that but also branch out yeah obviously (laughs) we still have to address you know, the housewives, we have to mention it all, but like we can mention (laughs) other stuff too. So it's cool. It's changing it up. Yeah. We were talking about this before we started recording a little behind the scenes for y'all, but I mean, obviously the explicit theme of my podcast is like quarter life and like navigating that and stuff, but I've definitely had a few very Bravo heavy guests on. So not actual like Bravo stars, like y'all get, like I'm not that fancy, but <laughs> but I've had like my friend Lucas came on and he uh, was formerly a host for Build Brunch. Oh, Build, Build Brunch. Okay, he was yeah, a yeah. host for Build Brunch with Ali. Does Ali Colbert work for you guys or not at all? No, I I know her from like Twitter and stuff. But She's just funny. Yeah. So I yeah. assume there was some connection. That's cool. Anyways, but basically my friend Lucas came on, who's a host for Build Brunch, um, AOL Build Brunch. It's not on anymore, but he's obsessed with all things housewives. So we got into it a little bit, but I'm so excited because your page, like the Bravo by Batches page is... It's just like, 
It's so good. I don't even know well, how you. you keep up with it all. It's, you know, it's a labor of love, but also <laughs> it's like, it's like a lot of labor <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Um, it was funny. So last mm-hmm. week on Friday night was Erica. when Erica posted yes. those texts. You know, I and I actually like, so she, we're on the East coast. Mm-hmm. She posted it at like 1130 Eastern time or something. I was like in bed, like not like asleep, but like I was, you know, like getting winding ready. Down. Yeah. And then someone sent it to me and it was like, oh my God. And it was like, it was like I had a shot of adrenaline all of a sudden. <laughs> and like I had, my light was off and I had to like yeah. turn the light on. I was like, okay, like I'm back in like work mode for the next 30 minutes because yeah, because this is I don't want to like, yeah, like miss you're this. like, well, that's what's so funny. I mean, if you're in any kind of media job, like it really is all kind of time sensitive. So it's like, fuck yeah. it, I was gonna go to bed. I remember, I mean, you posted something to like the extent of like, this kept me up all night. Well, so like it happened <laughs> yeah. at night. Yeah. And so I was up to like 1230. And then I woke up in the morning and was like, okay, I have to like do something. So I, I mm. like recorded all of these like video stories, explaining it, and people really liked them. It was like, that's like, it is like, yeah. yeah, if I don't do this at 8.30 on Saturday morning, the moment's going to be gone. <laughs> and <laughs> and no one will it care. Is... Wait, should we give some background just in case we don't have people who are as, uh, yeah, yeah, how do yeah. you say, so, lovingly psycho? <laughs> so Erica from Real Hostlers of Beverly Hills, she Icon. is married. Also married, performer, singer, yes, star. pop star. Pop star. She's, so she's married to this guy who's like 80 years old and he's a like so famous old. attorney and they filed for divorce last month. And since then, Seemingly they've been out like, of nowhere too, kind of. Yeah, it was kind of random. And then in the last like month, there's been all of this legal stuff of they got accused of having a sham divorce and he's embezzling money from his clients who are like orphans from a Malaysian plane crash or something. Wait, what? No. Yeah, so he, okay, so for backstory, so the kind of attorney he is, like what he's known for Mm -hmm. is like winning these giant settlements for like people who are wronged. So like he was like involved in the Aaron Brockovich case. And like, yeah, so he was like one of the lawyers representing all the people who like got cancer from the water. Jeez. So So he's he's supposed to be a good person, basically. Yeah, he's like, (laughs) he's like made his name helping all these people win money. And then of course he gets a cut of the money also. He also on the housewives, yeah, sorry to cut you off, but on the housewives, he always like, I feel like there's almost this narrative because they always have like a kind of narrative for the husbands, whether they intend to or not, it's unclear, but like- His narrative was always like, he's not really on the show because he's busy and older and kind of lets Erica do her thing, but that he's just like this really good guy. And Erica gets kind of defensive when the girls are like, are you with Mm -hmm. someone so old? Kind of insinuating she's like, you know, a sugar baby or whatever. And she's like, you don't know what Tom does for me. And she's like crying when she gets on Broadway Yeah, Yeah, it's just (laughs) like, he's like this like wonderful older character from another time. And so it's so funny for it to go from that to like the exact opposite. And I feel bad for her because she clearly like, you can tell between her mom and her like daddy issues, she has like trust issues. So it sucks that the issue was like cheating. Like I feel well. So that's the question though. Yeah. So she posted Yeah, let's get into posted it. these <laughs> screenshots from like a flip phone years ago and just like this the is twenty eleven reference. <laughs> You're like, like, are these from twenty eleven? Why is this phone this old? 
like this is justice trisha a bigelow she's been <laughs> fucking my husband and um yeah so she's saying that he cheated but also yeah. like when do you cheat and why is it coming up now and like people for a while had kind of thought that tom and erica had this sort of like arrangement because yeah like seen, open marriage or something like yeah. out with other women and yeah i don't know so it feels like a little bit of a deflection yeah it's like that it's like no it's not the fraud it's the cheating yeah like no i wouldn't leave him because he doesn't have money i left him because he's with other women yeah i kind of got that without being totally sure that was the case just from like vaguely following it but I honestly learned about it from your page so I didn't know about it beforehand so I missed it being live how long was that up for like what what was going on there I think it it was like less than 45 minutes those (laughs) screenshots were up before her publicist (laughs) it was like bitch what take it down I yeah I have no idea what was going through her head but obviously everyone in the world had screenshotted it by the time she deleted i know that's what's so crazy about being at that level like especially if you're right. a bravo person because you have all these like super fans who it's kind of like this niche market but also like not at all i don't know how yeah. to describe it but people well, who are obsessed with bravo are like right go in. if you think about it, it's like if you're an actor who's yeah. like been in some movies and like maybe you're like sort of famous mm-hmm. but there aren't that many people out there who are like tracking your every move whereas like if you were on like a Bravo show five years ago, there's still people that are like screenshotting all your shit and like making memes about it. It's <laughs> so funny. Like the uh, the cat meme with what's her face? With Taylor. Yeah, yeah with Taylor. And she was on <laughs> Beverly Hills like so long ago. And mm-hmm. I mean, she, she had, whew, that woman's been through the ringer, her husband killing himself and stuff. So she had issues. She's in like an abusive marriage. So it's kind of sad if you think about it that way. Like everyone sends around that cat meme where she's like pointing and then the cat's like, oh. yeah. But it's like, I hope she's well. Yeah, but it's like, I really <laughs> hope she's well because she was like getting upset because people were like gaslighting her about her abusive marriage, if I remember correctly. It's interesting because yeah. some people that are on these shows kind of like maintain their public persona after. Yeah. Like, and then others are just like, peace. Like Brandy, right, other- Brandy like comes back. Exactly. Yeah. Brandy comes back. Like somebody like, Kim. you know, like you have like a Heather Dubro or like yeah. a Phaedra who are like going on other reality shows. Yeah. But then you have people like Taylor, who's just kind of like, oh yeah, haven't thought about her in a while. Literally. Yeah. It's so funny. So to be upfront about this, cause this is a confession. <laughs> I did say I don't watch every housewives. I only, yeah. the ones I know really well, I know New York city really well. I know Beverly Hills really well. Cause I like have lived in New mm-hmm. York and LA. And then I know New Jersey really well because those accents just fucking get me. And New Teresa Ju- Judice. I know I kind of like, I hate how much I love New Jersey. Like everything about it like makes me crawl yeah. a little bit, but like I like live and die for it. It's tacky in a really so like heartwarming kind of way. Right? It's like, it's, there's something that's, that you literally hit the nail on the head. It's like, <laughs> tacky in a way that like makes you feel like at home and comforted the 90s were kind of tacky so let's you know like there's something there was like a scene on last yeah. season of new jersey where they were in Teresa's house uh-huh. and it was like 6 a.m and her elderly father was like making octopus and it's just like okay <laughs> it's like, like no no's making octopus it's like <laughs> this is not representative of all of america but in a way it is her grandfather's like uh, speaking of ancient artifacts, Jesus Christ, or her, I guess her father, her father, right? 
Is it her yeah. father? It's her father. Yeah, he, father. he just, he passed away oh my God, like, he did. earlier this year. Oh my God, now I sound like such a bitch. <laughs> no, no, no. It's, it, we loved No, No. Everybody loved No, No. no. I kind of remember now because the girls posted about, oh God, Teresa, don't that come family, for me. You're so man. scary when you flip tables. I love you, Teresa. <laughs> I read her book recently. Really? You read it? Was it like readable? I mean, I know she is a ghostwriter, but. It was interesting. Like it was the book about when she went to prison. So there were like some, some interesting tidbits in there. Yeah. Oh my God. I feel like once she came back from prison, she had like half a year or so where she was like rehabbing her image and kind of being like, I'm Mm -hmm. a tougher bitch now. And then she just like totally like, like other than the health stuff, which she seems to have kept up, she just kind of acts like it never happened now. Like she went from like owning yeah. it and being like, yeah, I went through some shit. Like I was in prison. Like I got my body I learned yoga. and do yoga <laughs> all the time. Like I remember she visited you guys after doing yoga and she did an interview yes. with Hannah. This is how long <laughs> I've been following Betches. Fun fact, because we do need to get into some Betches stuff because I want to hear about it. Just about how right. you started working for them and stuff. But when I was kind of having my like quarter life like what the fuck am I doing earlier this year because I was thinking of moving back to New York which obviously I did here I am hello I was like (laughs) hi um I was like maybe I'll try to work at Betches but then I was like it made sense but also made no sense at all you know so when when did you move when did you move back to New York so I was born and raised here, went to Northwestern, which is in the Midwest, which is where uh, Dylan is from. Well, I went to school outside Chicago, but you're from St. Louis, right? St. Louis, Missouri. I've never been, but I've heard, or actually that's so untrue. I went to visit Wash U, but I was only there for like a day. So I don't really I, I also visited Northwestern. Oh, so. look at us. What's your guys thing? Ours is go cats, but what's your, your, uh, um, school thingamajigger? Well, I went to, I went to Tulane in New <laughs> Orleans, <laughs> which is the green wave. Oh my God. Yeah. Honestly, the weirdest, roll wave. Tulane's so fun, by the way. I don't know why I suddenly like my brain is not at full capacity around the holidays. So of course, like as soon as I start talking about Wash U, I go into it. As no, my, as my mom works at Wash U actually. Really? So what I'm very do? familiar. She's a biology professor. So you guys have slightly different interests then it seems. Yeah. She's like way smarter than me. Been there. <laughs> In college, I had to take a lab mm-hmm. science and I took earth as a living planet as a summer <laughs> school class. And I think my mom like died a little bit inside. But, yeah. You she's know. like, wait, do you, do you get anything? No, that's so Just funny. learning about rocks. Just, <laughs> she's like, but what about the living <laughs> things? Wait, so you went to Tulane. That must have been so fun. When did you graduate? Uh, 2017. You're younger than me? The fuck? That's crazy. <laughs> you And you're like saying, so for people who are new to the show, um, to the podcast, or like don't know my behind the scenes shit, I always send out a questionnaire, just get like a little background info. And you're talking kind of about like pertaining to the theme, how you like had a moment where you're like, I don't know what I'm doing, whatever. But you're literally younger than me. You seem okay. to have had it figured out for like years now. I feel like, like yeah. career wise, yeah. like kind of, I feel like my personal life is still a mess, but. That um, happens, you know. Phases. Yeah, phases. Just like, you know, 2020 is a whole like year of what the fuck. Um, yeah. which but is why no, Tulane was very exists. fun. <laughs> I mean, Tulane's really fun. We have to talk about that after. I want to see if you know any of my mutuals, like my beautiful cousin, Casey Winslet, who I also was. I do know with. Casey Winslet. You do? 
cute. She's my cousin. Yeah. We we lived in the same dorm freshman year. I met her like the second day of college. Shut up. Oh my God. She's so great. She's <laughs> not my biological cousin, but we hate telling people that because we kind of look like we actually at camp. This is a really random tangent, but whatever. <laughs> we're going to go with it. So at camp. So I'm an only child. So my family friends, which is what Casey is. I would treat like they were my siblings or like real cousins. Like I would call their yeah. parents like aunt and uncle, like whatever. We'd go on vacations together. And so Casey and I went to camp together, sleepaway camp, shout out Camp Kohut. And um, we, we pretended for years that we were straight up cousins. Like we were very in character about it. We wouldn't yeah. break it at all. Cause <laughs> what was really important to us was that every year we would get, they had like, for the yearbook, they had uh, photo shoots and there was like the sibling or like family photo shoot. So we always right. wanted our cousin picture. And like the second <laughs> or third year, they found out that we weren't blood related and they wouldn't let us take it. And we threw like <laughs> a straight up fit. We were like, this is wrong. That's so funny. <laughs> That's such a like camp story. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> it's, it's a little stupid, but all camp stories are a little stupid. So that's okay. But I promise I'm not like a full on like New York camp person. Like I'm not, this is the only <laughs> time I'm going to talk about camp. I'm not going to be like, oh my God. And then my friends, fr uh, I went full Long Island. Was that, I don't think you can say that's racist, but it's not, not <laughs> good. <laughs> I, no, I mean, I am not from the Northeast, yeah. but trust me, I went to school with plenty of plenty Long Islanders. Of the, yeah, Tulane. Oh my God, it's all all the Long Islanders. Um, okay, we've digressed so much. So you went to Tulane. It's all about keeping me on track, really. It's like for myself, you know, but, yeah. but it's funny sometimes. So you went to Tulane, you graduate literally a year after me and somehow just land this job at Batches or what was, what was the process? So, what did so you major? I, I got a BFA in musical theater. Yes. I was in which, theater. It's like so fucking random. So I, random. So <laughs> I like growing up, I always was performing, whatever. I thought that was like what I was going to do with my life after so I graduated. Singer, I was going to like move to New York and audition and blah, 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 yeah. blah. So I started, this is, it's like crazy to think about how long it's been. Mm -hmm. I started writing for Betches in the fall of 2014. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like it's been like, a okay, so you were doing it in college. Yeah. That's so wild. I was I was a sophomore in college when I That's started. That's why I thought you were older than me because I was like, yeah. he's been doing this forever. So I was Fifty yeah. Shades of Betch for a long time. I yeah so like if you're a long time batches person we uh -huh. we used to have these like writer like names. like names yeah and so i was 50 shades of batch but so yeah i started like it was super random like i had never i like liked writing and stuff but i had never really like pursued it mm -hmm. at all and i had like a few friends who were like obsessed with batches which was batches love this at the time oh my god uh, i forgot throwback. about that too yeah wow um so I wasn't like, I wasn't like a hardcore fan, but I was definitely mm -hmm. aware of it. And then um, they had posted that they were like looking for new writers or mm -hmm. whatever. And somebody, I don't know, like I saw it get shared or something. And I was like, that sounds fun. So yeah, I just like, I wrote, I did some writing samples and they liked them. And nice. so I started writing freelance for them six years ago, which is like actually That's nuts. insane. I mean, good um, for you to be hustling that much in college. Yeah, I don't, it's weird because at that point, like, I was mm -hmm. still thinking, 
that like career wise, I was going to move to New York and be an actor. And so it wasn't like, it wasn't like some like five year plan type shit. I just was like, this seems like a cool thing. Um, (laughs) And then (laughs) I think like my, it was like the beginning of my senior year of college. Mm -hmm. I kind of had like a moment where I was like, I think I want to do this more than I want to do performing. Yeah. Cause when you're one piece of advice that I had heard from like a lot of people in the theater realm was Mm -hmm. like, this is a super fucking hard thing to do. So like, if there's anything else you can do, do it. Want to do go do that. And like, obviously I think that sounds like annoying when you hear it, but it is kind of true in a way that it's like, yeah. I don't need to be like in an audition with 500 other people where I'm probably not going to get seen yeah. if I could just like make have myself a normal job seen, that I yeah. like just as much. Well, also that just more. is not like even a sorry to cut you off, but like a normal job. Like it's not like True. a boring nine to five. Like as we were saying before we started, like, part of your like job work is to like read these hilarious tweets and like watch housewives. So you can talk about on your podcast, which obviously it's still work, not trying to like, yeah, 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 for sure. But it's so it's enjoyable still, but right. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I either be an actor or I go to like med school. Yeah, like I, was... I was literally going to say or be a surgeon. <laughs> I love how that's the way like, yeah, like creators brains work. It's like it's this <laughs> or like I I have to go into surgery and my hands are shaking and I fucking kill someone. Like that's how I think, yeah. too. It's so funny. So just kind of in response to what you're talking about, I I relate so much in so many ways. I did theater and psychology at Northwestern, which is like the least sciencey science, if you will. Um, it's like ooh, social science. Um, and right. <laughs> uh, like, how are they thinking? Like, that's why I like astrology, honestly. Anyways, but um, so I was doing that, and I was in LA until July because I was out there acting and. I kind of had a different vision for myself than you did because I grew up doing theater and I kind Mm -hmm. of had this thing. I also did Northwestern. So I'm like, I was the lead in this musical my sophomore year. And that's kind of why I like really hit my wall because I'm someone who loves singing like more than anything, but like a scares the shit out of me and B I lose my voice all the time, like all the time, which is why it's funny. I'm like now in podcasting, which is, yeah. very much about your voice. So there was this period where I was, I was doing acapella, which was like three hours every day of the week. And then I had musical rehearsal for two or three hours again, every day of the week, but like Sunday. So That's my voice was just like, it was so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. And I like, I literally couldn't talk to people unless I was like in class or at rehearsal because otherwise I would just lose my voice. So it was like traumatic. So, so for people who aren't in the world or as familiar, if you talk to like Broadway actors or singers, it's, it's kind of their whole life. Like they don't really have time for anything else. They have to be on vocal rest a lot of the time when they're not Mm -hmm. singing so they can give it their all every night. And I was like, that just stresses me out. Like I love the, like, like I would love to be in a play still, but there's something about that level of like live performance where I'm like, unless I'm like fucking Ariana Grande, like I don't want to be losing my voice all the time. It's crazy. I mean, it's a really stressful thing. Cause like Mm -hmm. when I was in college, it was like, okay, so I have a voice lesson this day mm-hmm. and, you know, like a performance class that I have to sing in and like two rehearsals and whatever. It's a and lot, yeah. It's a lot. And there is something 
like really refreshing about the fact that like the way my life is now who gives a fuck if I lose my voice I mean I I host a podcast so like it does matter to some degree but like if my voice is like if you can't build a high note yeah right like I don't have to be like singing a high c on a podcast like all I have to do is be able to like speak totally so it's it, there is a level of stress, but so, yeah. yeah. So I would say like my senior year, I kind of had this like epiphany moment where I was like, I think I would rather like put my energy into pursuing this, like something media writing. I didn't really know like mm-hmm. what exactly that looked like. Um, but so because of that, like I definitely felt like I was coming from behind because I wasn't when I was in college, I was investing all my energy into performing mm-hmm. and stuff. So I like I wasn't doing internships. I was doing shows over the summer. But like you're I wasn't writing for Bashes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, so, so it's more like I didn't than you thought you were. I didn't have like a communications major. Mm-hmm. You know, like kind of the average things that you would think. So I mean, I was really lucky that I had been doing this work writing for you know those couple years but so basically I went home after I graduated Mm -hmm. I was there for a few months I was like applying to jobs and stuff and I was always just thinking I would move to New York so I moved that fall and I still had my writing job with Betches that Mm -hmm. was just like freelance and then I was doing some other freelance work also and then I also worked retail for like over a year to supplement that and it was like can i ask i worked at uniqlo fifth avenue global flagship it was um that was the time yeah oh i worked at the standard for a hot second as a hostess worst job i've ever had (laughs) it was fucking and then i got concussed so i was like i'm out i can't wear heels i can't even balance them (laughs) not wearing heels I'm out <laughs> it was tough because like that is a yeah. job that is really like physically demanding mm-hmm. like you're just on yeah. your feet for All like day. an eight-hour shift like so I that was a time where obviously I still had my freelance stuff that was great that I you know was what I wanted to be doing mm-hmm. But there was definitely like a large chunk of time, like a year where I really wasn't like putting effort into like a figuring my shit out. Thing, yeah. yeah, that it was like, I wasn't applying to a ton of jobs. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like, you know, seeking out all of these new opportunities because I was kind of just like tired. Well, I think that's so something that happens that like I try to kind of address through the theme of this podcast, but that doesn't get talked about a lot. But especially Mm -hmm. for kids who went to these like really great colleges that make you work a ton and make you put 110% in every day. I think there is this really common response of like maybe the year after, maybe the year after that post-graduation, you do get kind of worn down out of it like you just need kind of a second to like recoup like the whole summer after I mean I I had the you know (laughs) the job at the standard but other than that I wasn't doing jack (laughs) shit like I was like my brain needs like a hot sec like I just was on overdrive for four years like I'd imagine it's kind of like a small simulation maybe of like a year at med school or something like I can't even imagine that kid but (laughs) but it's like the four years add up to like one med school year and you're like right give me a second you know like yeah yeah yeah. and it's like applying for jobs is just like the world's worst thing like I can't imagine something I'd rather do less but wait can I say something in response (laughs) yeah yeah because I think this is actually for the listeners something that's really reassuring so I um recently 
made an LLC for myself, CKNY Media. Who am okay. I? Uh, anyways. That's exciting. But yeah, so I've hired on like a few employees since doing that. And something I've realized, and I think everyone tells you this, but because we go to like these really good schools that push you really hard, you like don't really realize just how prepared you are. And you kind of doubt yourself and think like everyone's just as prepared as you are. Cause like, Mm -hmm. especially when you're in these bubbles, everyone around you is just as prepared as you are. But having been on the other side of it and hiring people, people don't know jack shit. Like I swear to God, people would apply for the job. Like, for example, when I was hiring, like, someone to help with marketing, like, you know, I didn't say, like, you have to have this much experience or whatever, but I said, like, have some experience, like, have something, like, to show me. Like, know what the fuck you're doing. Yeah. Literally, these people would apply, they would have no resume, or they'd have a resume that said, like, worked at McDonald's once for a day, or they would submit something that was, like, very well prepared for a fully different job, like, a really long resume, and then, like, a cover letter that didn't sound like they even knew they were applying for a podcast job, like, literally, like, due to my experience at Deutsche Bank, I'm (laughs) like, I what? Like, you know, like, so I I think even having the ability to, like, read the room and communicate with people and have the wherewithal to like just do some background research on the company like puts you ahead of so many other candidates which is yeah. something that I think as people who are hardworking and harder on ourselves we take for granted when we're on that side of it it's like we're well prepared yeah. we're at least gonna get the second round <laughs> interview you know what I mean like there are a lot of yeah, people being totally. out the first round or so what I think for as someone who works in like a creative industry and like a newer kind of industry that's not yeah. like so clear cut with like totally. what your kind of career path is, yeah. I think there's this kind of negative feeling when you see people mm-hmm. that you went to school with that like got their business degree and then just like got their whatever like first year job and then they and kind then of get have this their huge whole like bonus and you're like right boss. like they have their whole yeah. kind of like path just yeah. like laid out before them or even if people who are going to like med school law school they know like what they should be doing and I think when you just say like oh like I want to work in media or like I want to write or do social media or whatever mm-hmm. like it's very much like you have to figure out your own lane kind of. And so you can be doing really good work and really be like investing time and energy and whatever and like figuring your shit out and feel like you're not kind of as far as other people. Yeah. It's hard not to be hard on yourself because it's not so straightforwardly laid out. Right. That it's like, you know, in some ways it would feel weird when I would Mm -hmm. like hang out with people when I was like working retail and doing freelance and all of this stuff, it felt like I wasn't doing anything, even though that was like was your super job. not yeah. true. Yeah. But yeah, so that was like a just a weird year because I feel like I I felt lazy even though I was working really hard. Oh my God, I know that feeling. It's insane. <laughs> yeah. So two years ago, things kind of like shifted for me because I had still been working retail and I, with Betches, like once I had moved to New York, I, you know, like finally met some of the people I had been like working for whatever. So funny. Was that weird? Yeah, it was, it was funny at first. So Betches had this big event in, it was like December of 2017. Okay. This big event called the Meme Gala. Oh my God. That's such a good idea. Yeah. So Can they have another one? I want an invite. (laughs) 
So, like, I got invited to that, and that was the first, like, I had never met anyone. Wow. I had never, like, I had never, like, gone to the office or, you know, like, whatever. And so I was, like, super stressed about going to this because I was, like, not in, like, a bad way, but I was, like, okay, like, I have to go. Like, I have to, you know, like, make a good impression, whatever. Yeah, they, know you, but they don't know you. Right. And so, like whatever that night and i mean that was like fun it was a great party um so this is like 2017 you're saying yeah so that was december 2017 and then after that like in 2018 i had started going into the office a little more like a couple days a week was doing like some editing stuff like still very freelance but like more stuff than i had been just like writing articles and then the end of 2018 my boss Sarah who's our editor-in-chief she was like going out of the country for a few weeks and basically like I got asked to like fill in for her kind of like this is a huge step oh my god yeah Yeah. and so so I kind of just like they were basically like how much of this can you do because I was freelance and I was like oh, I'll do all of it. And so I quit my retail job. <laughs> Such a hardworking answer. You're like, oh, I don't even have another job. Like, don't worry about <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Right. I was like, well, like, You're like I, got it, I would boss. be stupid if I was like, well, I can only do Tuesdays and Thursdays, but thank you so much. Yeah. Um, it's like, no, this has more potential than Uniqlo. Sorry. Uniqlo. Right. Is that right, right. how you say it? Is it Uniqlo or Glow? Clo. Clo. The Q. I got it. But then, yeah. So I kind of, it was like a little bit like mm. leap of faithy, but also just like, you know, go where I saw the opportunity. Yeah. Um, so that was like, you kind of thing. yeah, that was like a really big kind of like turning point because yeah. from that point I just like started doing a lot more. And then I ended up accepting a full-time offer in like March of 2019. So like oh a few God. months later. That's so exciting. Yeah. Cause I yeah. feel like you've been working hard for them for a really long time. So it must have been super gratifying to make it like a full time it was very gratifying because i mean like it's not like i had never thought about yeah the future but like you know like i wasn't in the position to like you know make it happen so yeah it was really gratifying but at the same time it was also just like nice that i didn't have to like leave like it was well it was something that was there it just it naturally grew to be more than it was right like i would rather have done that than like fill out 200 job applications to find something that was like maybe as good yeah totally 100 percent. also like i and that's you know, as someone who was acting and figuring it out and I started listening to podcasts and I was like, wait, I could, this is so me. Like, and I kind of had that same voice I had in my head with acting and with singing that I hadn't had for a while. So I was like, I kind of owe it to myself, try this out. Like, and it ended up, you know, kind of out of nowhere working out for me. So thank you guys so much. Keep listening, rate, review, subscribe. (laughs) Um, anyways, but what was I going to say? But that's why when I was kind of flailing earlier this year, like when the pandemic started, I was like, Oh, maybe I could do batches because I feel like it is a media company that like, it isn't so far off to be like, some kind of performer like you guys have all these podcasts there has been this shift from you were kind of talking about like when you guys had like these you know ghostwriter names versus now you guys have your own names associated with your accounts and your you know so you do kind of get to have this like performative presence if you will even if you're working in a more traditional job with those benefits as well so it's kind of like a nice balance between the two it seems like from afar at least yeah, definitely. And yeah. I mean, we're doing, we do so many different things mm-hmm. as like a 
brand because obviously we have our socials and our podcasts and you know I still am working on the website and like writing and editing and so it's I know like, I it- think I DM'd you once I was like do you write all the articles like because literally <laughs> there was this one time it was like I guess it was maybe like a week in particular but all the stories with the swipe ups just led to articles written by you it was like across all these different like right. themes I was like oh my god I think I literally DM'd you do you write all the articles it's funny I feel like you that don't, was like obviously obviously one of them was like a branded article that had been like written in advance yeah, and like yeah, yeah, yeah. but it is I mean like because I am like working there full time like it is yeah like a lot of the stuff just kind of like falls into my lap yeah um, and you seem like you take it on like happily so that works out well sure. <laughs> I try to for the most part <laughs> you're like I'm not Sometimes, a saint <laughs> no there yeah. are definitely moments where it's like this again <laughs> but you're like, like didn't we write this like two years ago three years ago when I first started or yeah. it is funny like the people you know like mm-hmm. seeing like who our audience cares about and like who yeah. you know kind of is like driving traffic that it's like it's so true because like I guess I mean not for my personal page as much because on my personal page like I feel like the number of likes I get depends on like you know the random normal factors like time of day like is the election happening in which case no one's gonna look at their phone or they're looking at their phones but not for you and your bullshit um you know so it has to do with all that stuff but then it also has to do with like is it a pretty picture is it just you in it like but then for the podcast Instagram page where it's like me posting more you know tweets that I do or content that I think's funny so it's a bit more aligned with kind of like the betches content kind of stuff it's so interesting seeing what like hits and what doesn't like sometimes I'll think something's so fucking funny and it just doesn't do well like I thought okay you're gonna think I'm such a loser but I thought this was (laughs) so funny like I literally posted and it was very New York niche to be fair but I posted being like Aspen is like shaking right now at New York's like snowfall at New York snowfall and like outdoor dining scene. I thought I was like brilliant. Like I thought it was like funny. It was like personifying Aspen. Aspen is kind of like, it's like the Upper East Side of skiing, you know? Yeah. Like, you know what's no funny? I feel like no one cares. I your, your last episode was with the fake Rothko and I feel yeah. like it's like exactly that type of Yes, humor. that's what you were, that's what I was going <laughs> for. I think I was like kind Soho of House. Like yes, that's the, yes, it's like literally, that crowd. yeah, I have to, you know what I have to do is I have to like repost something like that after their episodes gotten a few more listens. And then also after <laughs> I've had, so I already recorded with Audrey Peters, who's like a TikTok star and one of my friends, shout oh, out yeah. Audrey. But once her episode comes out, I feel like that's a lot of her market as well. Like Cipriani falls. What are the finance bros going to do? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Like that is, uh, mm. I would imagine like, cause you are from New York City. You, yeah, you like yeah, grew yeah, up here. Yeah. It's like, for me, like, I think that world is very interesting, but it is like not. <laughs> you're like on my... the you're on like the sidelines of it, like hmm. <laughs> yeah, like personally, I've never been to Cipriani, but I've heard all about it. It's the worst. <laughs> Don't go. Well, I feel like I always joke on the podcast and otherwise that like being from New York City, like I feel like I'm like a cat with like nine lives in the sense that I've like had all these different <laughs> lifetimes within my lifetime, like. There was a point where I was like 16, like dancing on club tables after like half a sip of wine. And now I look back at myself. I'm like, like I would never do that now. So it's, it's just funny looking back at like my high school self. Cause like, 
did we you wait shit. question yeah did you watch the flight attendant i'm watching it so fucking good do i remind okay, you of this, her right now it's, oh my god no you just made me think because okay. i feel like in the show she's like so erratic and people keep being like yeah how are you not dead yet and yeah when you think of like that's, that's 16 year old like me. dancing on the table literally and you're, like, you're like how am i here i look back and i'm like i mean so i've also said this on the podcast before like growing up i definitely knew people were like a little more like that being said, I was a good kid. Like I always was getting my homework right. in on time. Like I was never like drinking that much. I was never doing drugs, like anything like that. That came in college. Um, but, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so like I was a good kid and we were never taking it too far, but we definitely put ourselves in situations where I look back and I'm like, oh, if I was a parent and I wouldn't want to know my kids like at like up and down yeah. at like 1 a.m., on a Saturday See, night. See, my being from where yeah. I'm from, like mine was very different. It was like you were drinking in people's basements. Yeah. Well, that's that's the classic like suburban kid thing. I remember exactly. one of my friends, Eliza, she uh moved to DC in like 10th grade, I guess. And she would have all these epic basement parties. And mm -hmm. I remember being like like our friends we're so jealous we're like can we come visit and go to your like co-ed school basement parties instead of hanging out with like <laughs> we just want to get drunk in a basement like you always the grass is always greener yeah. even if you're like in new york city or meanwhile i am in yeah. high school watching nyc prep and seeing them like get drunk oh, at restaurants knew, and i'm like oh. i knew half that cast and they're they're not too glamorous let me tell you so yeah i mean i follow sebastian's like food blogger wife on instagram wait i need he has a wife i didn't even know that i actually need to start a patreon just so i'll tell you afterwards but this story <laughs> guys if you have any interest in me starting a patreon let me know and i will tell you the story about me and sebastian from nyc prep that's all i'm going to My say God. for now okay and then one more thing before we get into quarter life qualms is I've got, I kind of admitted this to you before and guys, I'm going to write my wrongs. I'm going to start listening to the mention it all podcast. I honestly haven't listened to it yet. Do you guys just interview like literally all the Bravo people? How does it work? So we, so we do, I'm exhausted just thinking about it. We do three episodes a week. Um, like Brian was saying the same thing about you up and honestly I got into you up or sorry not you oh my god am I okay the sup the sup there's yeah, so many yeah, yeah. you up sup I listen to all of them except for the one that I'm now going to listen to that you help host but for the sup Brian was saying the same thing that they come out so often like I have I mean I went from bi-weekly to weekly and I'm like whew so we do yeah so we do three episodes a week but mostly yeah. like our main thing is just like recapping the okay. shows so like most of our episodes are just you know on like one or two Got shows it. that we're talking about and mm -hmm. like if there's like like we recorded today and we talked about erica obviously if there's like kind of like breaking news we do that definitely and then and who do you host it with i co-host it with barry rosenfeld who also works for batches she's great but so, yeah, so that's like our normal thing. And then obviously we do have guests, not like, we don't have like a schedule of when we have guests, but just kind of like If you whenever. can book them, yeah. So yeah, we've had like 
definitely a range of people from Bravo shows, like Housewives, you know, whatever. Who's been the funniest or like one? I hate that question for me, so I'm going to rephrase it. Who's like one of the funniest? Because people are always like, what's your favorite episode? I'm like, bitch, I have a lot of good episodes. So one of our first guests we had on was Brandy Glanville. Shut up. Was... I asked her to be on my podcast. Obviously, she didn't read my DM. I'm dying to have her on to talk about it. It was right. Everything. And it was right around the, the Beverly Hills premiere this past season. So it was like before we had seen any of it play out, but like it had obviously happened. I need to listen. To that and one. yeah, she like she said some shit, but it was also just fun because Brandy's yeah. the kind of person where she's like, you know, like I'll show up on camera but like bravo's not paying me i'm not in a contract like i can say, say whatever, whatever the fuck i, I want to say she's like until yeah until she gets silenced <laughs> and then she basically like alludes to that in her tweets i'm like does this get like she i just got denise yeah literally <laughs> she cracks me up i mean she was one of the most entertaining housewives of all time yeah. like and she is one of those housewives and this is such a real like phenomenon for like any bravo show or any reality show but especially housewives where it's like because you're following them for so long you really like oscillate between like loving and hating them yeah and then she's so one of those where you're like oh yeah. my god she's fucking evil and then you're like oh she's so good though <laughs> okay so yeah. then another guest that i just like have to mention not because of the contents of the interview mm. we had sheena on from vanderpump rules yes she's she's great i actually heard her through your former co-worker i guess or i don't know if you guys overlapped but on burning in hell because she oh, yeah, came hannah. on hannah yeah hannah burner um on one of her episodes and i've never really watched uh vanderpump rules which is funny because i was like formerly before you know puppy gate um a big lisa vanderpump <laughs> fan lived in west hollywood for three years though never that's so funny never went to uh what's it called sir sir or any of those yeah, they they all get bad reviews to be honest. But which, yeah, I'm like a bit do. of a food snob. I'm like I don't know. Like I don't no, it's like Disney much. World. You don't you go yeah, for like the exactly, experience. The I but, know. Um, now I kind of wish I. <laughs> I think if I went back, I would go now because I know like three of them from their podcasts and right. scandals and stuff. She seems great, though. So we had Sheena yeah. on over the summer and it was funny because we had obviously we had scheduled it. And so it was like 30 or 40 minutes before the interview and somebody watched her, saw her Instagram story and she was like in the car with her boyfriend and she was like saying something about a pool day and like on their way to the pool and we're like, wait, we're having this like, like internal oh, no, panic because we're we like, do? wait, we're like, wait, is does she know? Like, are we, are we is this happening? Yeah. So we were like, I guess we just like wait and see because whatever. And she oh ended God. up, she ended up doing, she did the interview like on the, on like the patio at the country club in a swimsuit and a cover up. And it was like the most Sheena thing ever. She just oh, like has her sunglasses on her head. She was wearing her sunglasses the whole time. Yeah. It was it, I mean, it ended up being super great, but it was just hilarious because when we saw that Instagram yeah, story, we were, were like, like wait, she's going to the pool right now? <laughs> that's so funny. Oh my God. That's like, I can't remember if I was telling Brian this or another guest, but when I first started the podcast, it was my friend Malcolm's birthday and there were like very few of us at this house in Malibu. And basically this one girl, like randomly crashed and then she started recording her podcast at this party <laughs> and Malcolm was just like the fuck is this girl doing like literally yeah. everyone's like oons, oons, oons. and then she's like 
anyways, can you guys keep it down? He's like, no. (laughs) But um, yeah, I, I will never really understand people who can like, especially with podcasting where like every time I hear a little construction in the background, I'm like, oh, you know, right. I'm so, like, can you hear that yeah. siren? That's like 20 blocks away. Literally, I don't know. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so, yeah. But yeah, it was funny. Cause it's like Sheena class act. It was just like, we were like, what? Yeah. You're like, okay then well at least she didn't cancel or forget because that's where i thought the story was going i was like exactly exactly i was like i'm like setting up my camera right now and like just praying yeah just like (laughs) hoping for the best oh my god that's hilarious okay Hello everyone. Today I am so beyond excited to tell you about The Line by Katie Mullen. Katie is one of my friends who I met through our mutual friend, Kirsten. Shout out Kirsten. And then continued to get to know better through doing her workouts at a studio in LA. Since the pandemic, she has started The Line by Katie Mullen. And I'm so excited for you guys to check it out. I'm obsessed with it. So basically the workouts are a mixture of dance, which is so fun and you get the hang of it. I used to think I was a horrible dancer. And ever since I started dancing with Katie, I think I'm like so good at it, which is probably probably not true and embarrassing, but like, whatever. I have so much fun doing the dance parts. And some of them are more dance heavy than others. Like the full body is a little more dance heavy. The arms and abs are a little more focused on like doing floor work. So you can do it at home. It's only $30 a month, which is a steal because she also has live classes that she ends up posting to the on-demand site. So you can either join her live with this membership fee or do the classes on your own time or both all the above. Go crazy. They're amazing. They get you in such good shape. It's stupid. And if you look at Katie's body, you'll be like, okay, I'm going to do it now. Um, Katie is also like the most inspiring, sweet, kind, amazing person ever. Also follow her on her Instagram where she posts about updates. She does workouts for Carbon 38 and her Instagram handle is at kmulls. So K-M-U-L-L-S seven, as in lucky number seven. Follow her, try some workouts. If you want to try it on Carbon 38 first or, you know, check out her Instagram first, go for it, but you'll get hooked. I promise you I have. And then use the code WTFSUP, so WTFSUP, to get 20% off your first month of membership for The Line by Katie Mullen and back to your regularly scheduled programming. Amazing. Well, that was so fun. I could do this for literally hours with you if you just want to like hang out. Um, Okay, let's get into (laughs) quarter life qualms. So you already kind of talked about um, you having a period of not being really sure what you're going to do, which obviously like leads itself to that theme. So I was going to ask you how your career path is similar or different to what you expected for yourself. I guess we kind of have that. So I guess what I'll start by asking you is, have you ever had a core life crisis? And if so, how did it go down? Um, I don't think I've had like a crisis. Like yeah. I feel like there isn't like one moment yeah. or one like brief period in time where I was like losing it. 
um i feel like the most um i don't know what the word is like the the like single most like tough moment yeah. i've had was so when i first moved here uh-huh. i had been in st louis for the summer after i graduated and i had like started dating this guy and we were like okay like we're just gonna like break up when i move because that's stupid and then we like ended up trying to do long distance and it was like thanksgiving and i wasn't going home because i was Mm. working retail love it yeah Um, and literally it's like everyone (laughs) wants off that week so you don't get off right and i was like the newest person so it's like obviously my black friday time off request is not getting approved um this is why i would never like you couldn't pay me to take a shift again like everyone with their bullshit excuses like (laughs) Oh my god, my cat like ate too much food and is having diarrhea, so I can't come in. Can anyone cover my shift? Like, no. Exactly. So <laughs> yeah. the guy I was the guy I was seeing mm-hmm. at the time, he was like applying to med school and so he was like applying all over the country and he was like basically like, okay, so like next fall when I start med school, like are you gonna be down to just like move wherever I am for med school? Whoa, that's big. How long had you guys been dating? Was this a college guy? I met him that summer. So we we were together for like less than six months. And he was like, are you going to move for me? Well, like, I mean, it wasn't like an ultimatum. It was just like, he was like bringing it up like as a possibility. And I was like thinking about this and I was like, wait a second. Like, I literally just got here. I have like not figured my shit out at all. I haven't done anything I wanted to do. Like, what am I doing? Like, I'm not moving back to St. Louis. I'm not moving like somewhere else. So I like broke it off whatever it was like fine but it was just like that moment where I was like wait 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 like I'm putting myself in this situation where like mm. it's literally like oh like are you gonna like come here and like start a life and I'm like no I just start I'm like starting a life here you're like I'm not <laughs> you're like I already did that yeah so I feel like yeah. that was a moment where like I really had to be like honest with myself and I'm like mm. where the fuck do I think this is gonna go yeah that's very mature of you because I feel like I had a similar situation like I was dating a guy my senior year of college and we ended up dating for like three or so years and we kind of had the same issue where it was like are you going to move to LA after you graduate because he was younger and it was like kind of like he would like he would tease the potential of it to be fair to me which was not fair to me for him to do that, but to, in the narrative, to be fair to me. Anyways, um, yeah. <laughs> he would tease out the potential of coming to LA, but he never really like was serious about it. So it just dragged on and on and like clearly like was past its expiration date by the time he cheated on me. Um, but <laughs> And then I ended it. It was great. Um, I, I love talking about it, which he, he really likes that too. No, I'm kidding. Uh, anyways, but uh, but that is very mature that like at that younger age, you were able to see like, even though I like this person, like, does this have like long term potential? No, like, I right. think sometimes it's just it's the nicer service to do for yourself to just like end it than like drag it out, you know? Yeah. Also, like when you're doing mm-hmm. long distance like that, and I wasn't yeah. in a position where I could just be like flying back and forth, you know, once a month or something yeah, with like your I retail didn't salary. <laughs> right it was like my my schedule, schedule was bad yeah, my yeah. my like money situation wasn't ideal like it was mm-hmm. just like also like, New York's so fucking expensive right and I think so it would be one thing if it's like oh yeah like it's long distance but like we see each other like we don't we never go more than a month without seeing each other whatever um mm-hmm. but yeah it was like I want to like experience 
life as like an adult. Exactly. I think that's the other problem with long distance is like your head's also always partially somewhere else. If you're not present with the person, like, especially if you're seeing a new city, like I was pretty good about that in LA, but there were moments where I felt myself like not being present within this new city. I was exploring because I was like, my mind was on my significant other who's in Chicago or, you know, like, so, so it does take away like that sense of like, really like settling into a new spot, if you will. Um, or just like in any kind of long distance, but especially when you're going to a new city, like you kind of want to prioritize that and like giving yourself like that, like new slate and blank slate of life, if you will. So exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I just got here. I need to like, yeah. Like let me like have fun and make out with guys for a little bit before, before quarantine hits. (laughs) Little did we know. Oh, I would, I would sell my soul for dance floor makeout. Um, it's, it's so depressing. I'm like, literally like I, I've barely, like the only person I've hugged in the last nine months is like my roommate. Mm. (laughs) Well, do you you like your roommate though? Yeah. I have two roommates. They're both cool, but it's like, at least you get to hug them. That's good. (laughs) Yeah. Um, well I already had Corona, so now I'm, I'm back into the hugging for whether that's good or bad. (laughs) I'm like antibodies protect from everything. Right. I mean, my, you have to just hope your antibodies last until the vaccine is like available. I refuse for them not to. I'm suing them if they don't. Um, (laughs) and that's all I have to say on that. Cause I'm anyways. Okay. Next question. When you are stressed out or like in a tizzy about something anxious about something what's your go-to like what's your first thing you think about doing that like kind of helps center you um I really am like a big fan I mean this year it sounds like Mm -hmm. pointless but it's like I am a big fan of like alone time um this year Sorry, that took a second to dawn on me, but it's so true. It's like, it's like, wow, I really got my wish this year. Right. It's not like a novel concept in 2020, (laughs) but I really, um, pre, pre pandemic, like, sorry to interrupt. I have one older sister. Okay. Cause I'm an only child and like love having like my me time. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like pre that, yeah. in like pre pandemic times, mm-hmm. I guess, like I was a big fan of like going to the movies by myself mm-hmm. or like yeah. on weekends, just having like a day where I would go like shopping by myself or just yeah. like doing stuff like that, where it's like, I didn't feel like weird about like literally like treat yourself, but like by yourself. Right. And like, <laughs> yeah. And like, I didn't feel weird about like not texting someone else to make plans if I didn't feel like it. You know, like, obviously, you know, I love seeing my friends and stuff, but I feel like there are some people where it's, like, if they have, like, a Saturday afternoon where they're just, like, sitting at home, they're, like, oh, my God, like, this is wrong. But for me, it's, like, I'm I'm enjoying this. Well, you were prepared for 2020, so congrats. I guess. Um, But also, no, I think that's, I mean, you're the first guest to give that as an answer, and I think that's actually such a, like, mature and, like, real muscle that like you have to strengthen like I've actually been trying to do that a bit more recently because so I've been single for a minute now like almost three years if not three years I don't know time's weird 2020 was time uh but (laughs) I don't think I really accepted it until like 
they say it takes you like half your relationship to get over your relationship. So like, I feel like right. it was like a year and a half till I like accepted how single I was. And mm-hmm. within the past year or so, because, you know, it's 2020, it's been so like lonely. I've been trying to like push myself, especially now that I'm back in New York, because New York's such a city that like lends itself to doing these things. Like, obviously you can go to the movies alone anywhere, go eat alone anywhere, but right. there's something like lovely and chic about in New York the same way it would be in like Paris or something you know right about like walking around the city versus just like versus just like driving 20 minutes in your car like yeah like in LA I didn't really feel as comfortable doing it like it felt a little off um unless I could walk there but yeah so here like especially now that I have my beautiful dog Delilah like I like just like going like the two of us and I'll like you know get a coffee or a drink and like sit outside and read or something yeah it feels like really adult and nice and And I think when you have that kind of relationship with yourself where you're able to like yourself enough to like not only give yourself alone time, but to like give yourself like privileged alone time like that in a way where it's like, yeah, you're doing things you would normally quote unquote do with other people like that requires a level of like confidence and self-love that actually makes you like a better friend, a better partner. So I think that's a really good tip for like anyone like. Go to a fucking do shit by yourself. It's 2020. You don't want fucking Corona. It sucks. It fucking sucks. It was horrible. I'm like, I can't breathe now. <laughs> it's like partly that, mm. but then also it's just like, if I decide I want to go see a movie, I don't want to have to like wait for a friend to respond and be like, are you down to go to like the Chelsea movie theater at two? Like I want to just like, <laughs> yeah, just like time that works go. for me and go. Yeah. yeah. I get that. That's so real. And it's also like, there is something really annoying. Like I think because I grew up, an only child and in New York city where I was like kind of required to be independent from a young age because of those mm-hmm. factors. There's always been something, this is kind of like throwing shade or whatever. Like I have these friends and like, I love some of them, but there was always something like from a young age, like kind of irksome to me about like that friend who literally can't be alone. I was just like, yes. why? Like that friend who's like, okay, like, are you getting ready at like this exact time? So we can like braid our hair together and like pee next to each other. And like, it's, it's like, yo, can I just meet you right before? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I That person was always yeah. like, even though I had a lot, like not a lot, I had some friends like that. I was always like, I didn't get it. Or, like, the people that are, like, come over and, like, you're not doing anything. You're yeah. just, like, sitting for, like, hours. And, like, that's nice, like, every Sometimes, once in a while. But, but not like all the time, yeah. Yeah, I I don't know. It, yeah. it weirds me out, like, when people with roommates never just, like, go in their rooms. Yeah, like, like they spend all their time in the common area. It's like, do you have secrets? <laughs> do you have like yeah it's like i i like hanging out it's like we can hang out like yeah. watch a movie whatever but then it's, it's like, like boundaries honestly it's a boundary yeah it's thing. not like yeah. i don't feel like i'm like closing myself off if i at some point like just go into my room and close the door well like, that's the worst roommate who like gets offended by you doing that like yeah oh yeah God, yeah they're not like not today saying not today like it you there has to be like a balance exactly it's so true Okay, and now to finish it off, we're going to play a quick game that I've made up especially for you. And we are calling it Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) Because for people who (laughs) don't watch Roni, um, that is what fucking, am I going to forget her name right now? Denise. Oh, is it... Is it Denise who says Bravo, Bravo, Bravo? Denise was like the one who, yeah. Oh my God, it was Denise. You're right. Why was I thinking it was, what's her face? From Roni. Ramona. Ramona. 
Ramona was the one at Ramona's birthday party. She was yeah. like, cameras down. She's like, bravo. Okay, yeah. Denise was bravo, bravo, bravo. But then Ramona was like a whole yeah. other, like, cameras down, bravo, stop filming. So they're yes. both psychos, basically. Um, I stand by that statement. <laughs> I don't care. Anyways, I really don't like Ramona. She's a lot. I appreciate her contributions to history, but like... <laughs> history i actually got wait this is a crazy sidetrack story i was at my friend nick lehman's birthday this was like way pre-corona this was like right. two or three years ago i want to say and we were at a gay bar in west hollywood for his birthday and oh, i no. like i mean so there's this guy and we were like vibing together he's obviously like not sexually but like as friends and we're like talking yeah. it's like this random guy at the bar i've like left the side of the bar that's like the party and whatever i'm just like right, off right, making right. random <laughs> friends as i used to do pre-corona and we're talking i'm like we start talking housewives and we're getting like so into it and at the time there was like this bethany ramona controversy i think and he was like okay are you team yeah. bethany or team ramona i was like bethany <laughs> duh i was like is that a real question and him and his friends started freaking out they're like ramona and sonia are like the ogs like bethany's a fucking bitch and we got in like a literal fight about it like it was actually dumb. <laughs> like I like by the end, I was like, if I don't leave, they might strike me. Like him and his friends started getting like it was like three on one. They were like pounding on me. I was like, and it was funny to me. I think they were getting more yeah. angry because I was like so chill and like, which is actually not how I usually am when I'm fighting with people. But I I felt so certain about my opinion on this one that I was just like sitting <laughs> back, kind of like laughing at them. I was like, you guys are just wrong. Yeah, it's funny how intense yeah. it gets. Like I went to BravoCon last year yeah. and. There were people there who were like, well, bravo, con. Yeah, like, I mean, I just yeah. assume so. Well, that's the other thing is like, I love this shit, but I'm definitely not gonna like go to war for it. Like, there's yeah, there yeah. was a moment at BravoCon where it it was like an OG panel, and Vicky Gunvalson came out on the mm -hmm. stage, and like, there's like, I mean, there were a lot of Karens at BravoCon, and no the, surprise there. The audience started a chant of like, bring her back, bring her back, and it's like, what? <laughs> like, oh, it was was. Oh my god. BravoCon would be so funny. Goals someday. I'm manifesting that shit. Okay, <laughs> amazing. So now let's get into the game. I totally forgot that we have a game on our hands. Okay, first yes. question. Who is your favorite housewife of all time? My favorite housewife of all time. I have like, okay, so I have like three mm -hmm. that I are like my favorites. Okay. But if I, if I like choose one, mm -hmm. it's... Portia from Real Housewives of Atlanta. I feel like Atlanta's the one I need to watch. It's really great, but there, I mean, there's so many episodes. So much. I know. It's like such a process. Um, but like my other two are Karen from Potomac and Sonia Morgan. Sonia like, is great, but ugh, Sonia, I just, how do, <laughs> I think, I think for me, Sonia hits a little different. Like I love her. She's ridiculous and she's hilarious. Yes. But like I grew up with Sonia's and I saw the daughters of Sonia's and how they didn't always yeah. appreciate their mom's Sonia-ness, if you will. So I like uh -huh. I feel like a little bit of like, oh, her poor daughter sometimes. Like I sometimes look at it from the perspective of yeah. her daughter and I'm like, Oh my god. Although I'm sure that's what like my daughter will be like. She'll be like my mom's a fucking rage. It's interesting because her daughter's never been on the show or anything. So it's no, like we've never gotten that private. we've never gotten that like relationship. Yeah. She's now like now that she's 18, I think she like would be allowed to, but yeah, she's not. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, like sometimes just like when she drinks and stuff, I'm like, oh my God. And then meanwhile, like Leah does the same shit. I'm like, yes, bitch. Like, oh. like I fucking love Leah. I'm such a Leah yeah. fan. She's so great. She's she's great. Um, but I but Sonia is great and she is an OG, so you gotta give her that. And she's she's ridiculous. She's very funny. Very, very funny. Okay. <laughs> What has been your most surprising Bravo interview or like Bravo person you've met? And like, what's been, who's been the most surprising of the Bravo people? Um, I'm trying to think the most surprising. I think it, like, it's hard because like in general, I have had really like pleasant experiences mm. with everyone that I've met. I think it's funny because a lot of the time, clearly what they're doing on TV is like An a act, persona yeah. to some level. But I would say um, I have just had like the best experiences with Tom and Ariana from Vanderpump Rules. Uh They are just like the warmest, like nicest people. One thing that surprised me in a really like nice way, I met Ariana for the first time like spring of 2019. Mm -hmm. And then the next time I saw her was in six months later and she remembered who I was. Oh, I was that's like, really, yeah, that's yeah, sweet, Like I yeah. met you at this thing and I'm like, okay, that's like- Human. You don't expect that yeah. from somebody who's like low-key famous, whatever. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, she was just really- No, that really means a lot. Nice. I actually like, I feel like ever since I started the podcast, like I actually have, because I used to be like bad with names, but then I realized like being bad with names, like whether or not you- want to be like you can be bad at names but there's also like an amount of effort behind it like if you put more effort in you can kind of train yourself to be better about it and it really like makes people feel seen in a way that's super important so that's something I've been like consciously putting effort behind the past year or so I feel like also like names names is a big one but also just like remembering faces Faces and being like oh yes like we met we met at this event and had talked about this like it's such a not just names but like Really right, like right, right. having a sense of, you know, yeah, totally. Yeah. Cause that makes you feel like you had an impression. Okay. That's <laughs> awesome. Who is a housewife that you struggle to decide if you like or dislike? So this is kind of what we were talking about earlier a bit. With right. Like, oh my God, I can't decide if I love or hate them. I definitely think Teresa falls in that <laughs> yes. category for me. I would, I never, I never hate Teresa, but I, sometimes I just like, I want what's best for her. And I think sometimes she doesn't want what's best for her. I agree with that. And it's a little bit of that Tyra, like we were rooting for you. Yeah. We were all rooting for you. Um, yeah, it's, it's so real. The Melissa stuff is tough. The Melissa stuff's tough too, because like, I get how Melissa, like I see how she sees Melissa, but I think sometimes she's so like Teresa is so old school in some ways that like reminds me of like my parents or something where it's like once she gets this narrative in her head, she can't like see things in a way that kind of departs from the narrative. So it's like once she's decided Melissa's like an attention whore and like, you know, blah, blah, blah. And like, she's so fucking annoying. Took her brother from her. Took my brother from me. It's like, she can't just see Melissa's like, even when they're getting along, like she'll revert back to that narrative so quickly Mm -hmm. without like giving her the benefit of the doubt. And like, 
I find myself sighing with Melissa, but like, I also am like oddly fascinated by Teresa. So I, I feel that for you. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. Teresa's like, obviously like Teresa has always been kind of like the mm-hmm. centerpiece of that show. Totally. So it feels like yeah. everything revolves around her. Ever so it's like, even if you're like tables. team Melissa, nobody's like fire Teresa, you know? Oh like, yeah. No, 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 no. That's, that's not going to happen. Although she was really bad this last season, what she did. She pulled some, oh, that like Danielle yeah. stuff. Oh my God. That was so funny. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. It's been a minute. Okay. Speaking of, this is kind of a nice segue to the next question. What is your favorite Bravo scandal? Um, my favorite Bravo scandal. I will say like the Erica one has been like heating <laughs> the fuck up lately. <laughs> Sorry. I love, I just love like, it's really, there's something gratifying about like following and keeping up with like the you know Bravo yeah. page and then hearing you talk about it it's like okay it's exactly how I thought he thought about it <laughs> it's been, I mean it's just been like thing after thing that's come out what else has come um, out well like th- there's I can't remember his name but there's this like legal expert or uh-huh. something on Twitter who's been like live tweeting every like court proceeding about Tom and Erica and so it's like there's all these like legal details that are like okay like the judge said this which is like really means this yeah. and it's bad like that type the of legal thing. Stuff gets so scandalous. Also, I was thinking about that for her. It must suck because he is like obviously he has all the connections in terms of lawyers and stuff. So I wonder how that's yeah. gonna work out for like financially, honestly. Because I mean, her keeping up her her side <laughs> hustle as a stage performing diva seems like a seems like she was borrowing a, a good bit of money for that shall we say i would say so yeah she literally getting her whole team to travel with her all the time i saw her on broadway i saw chicago with her in was it. she good she was good yeah i really wanted to see it and then the world got shut down the fuck yeah it was it was wow, good you i got mean lucky you were like in like she was only <laughs> on for like three weeks yeah it was that was fun she was we were supposed to get her to like come into our office and then like she needed glam, so it didn't happen. <laughs> oh my god, her and her fucking glam. All the I feel like Beverly Hills is like known for being just so extra about the glam. Like yeah, they're so basically. And that's why that's why I had to move home, honestly. That's like the vibe versus <laughs> New York. Like they all kind of just get up, they're like, ah, oh, where's my coffee and bagel? That's like that's me. Okay. Oh, this is kind of do you watch Summer House? Yes, I do watch Summer House. <laughs> I love Summer House. I had to ask it. Is it so funny? Like, did you and Hannah ever overlap? Yeah. So I, um, I was freelance when she was working at Betches, but we like, so I never really like worked with her, but I definitely mm. knew her. It was funny, like full circle moment. I, um, at BravoCon last year, Chris Burns, AKA Fat Carrie Bradshaw and myself moderated the Summer House panels mm with no the cast way. yeah so it was fun that because it was like funny, yeah yeah like it's it's just fun like they're a fun group because they're all like i mean they're not like my all my age but like they're younger no, than they're like the the, the housewives her age for sure i mean if i were to be on one bravo show i actually did a i've been doing a lot of uh polls on instagram recently and one of them yeah. i was like would you rather be on vanderpump rules or summer house and i was like diehard like summer house like i just feel like i mean i also don't watch vanderpump rules so i'm biased right. but but i feel like i have an idea of it versus like summer house you get to like have your normal like 
day job like and then just yeah. like on the it's literally just like rich kids in new york city on the weekends going to the hamptons but you get to like also have a normal job or like something a bit more grounding where you're not like always filming the show yeah which i, I feel like it's a bit House. more like I'm, vanderbump i'm excited yeah. for their um like quarantine season because i feel like it's the one it show where wild. it's the one show where quarantine is like kind of perfect for it yeah no it looks crazy like did you see the trailer i mean of course you did yeah i was like oh my god i'm it looked I'm, I'm excited I'm it's really like excited. summer house is fun because it's like it always premieres in like the dead of winter and you're like this is yeah and you're like this is what i need <laughs> and you're like i need a little summer in my life exactly yes, so real that's the one if i were gonna be on a reality tv show i think i'd be on that or like housewives so i'm like old and like obviously right. successful and yeah. <laughs> manifesting um okay and i'd want to be like the leah just of course out there you know into the like the young fun person. one yeah exactly like not so old but like older. <laughs> okay and then oh if you could be on one bravo show which one would it be and why um okay I think it would be like fun to be on below deck for like a day. Like I agree with that. Yeah, I, until you get seasick. I would be really stri- <laughs> until you're like hungover. it would be fun to be like a yeah. second stew for like one yeah. charter. Yeah. Like I don't I wouldn't want to commit to like 8 weeks of it or whatever, but like yeah. it would be fun to like try it travel. out. Travel. Yeah, because you get to travel, you're like on the ocean. I feel that. I haven't watched Blow Duck in a minute, but like I remember being like, "Ooh, this looks nice." And like usually the people who are working that like, you know, like out in the sea are the kind of like like a hot type, so to speak. Oh yeah. Like the men are like cute. The yachties, yeah. <laughs> the yachties. <laughs> Yachty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I need to calm down. Okay, and then finally for the last question, which housewife would you be closest with if you were on one of the shows and why? Like, who would be your, like, who do you think you could be friends with in real life? I think if I were on Beverly Hills, mm-hmm. I'd like to think I would get along really well with Dorit and Garcelle. Oh my God, I see that for you. For me, I'm like, I feel like Lisa Rinna and I would be inseparable. Yeah, I Lisa Rinna, I think would be, she would yeah. be like a challenging friend sometimes. <laughs> Cause like you would love hanging out with her and like talking shit with her, but then you would be like in a group event and she would say the thing you told her not to say like that type of vibe. Oh my God. Yeah. Garcelle is actually like one of my favorite new people for sure. I feel Um, like Garcelle, you could just kind of like roll your eyes about something with, with, you'd be like, can you believe this shit that we're having to talk about right now? That's so true. You know, what's so funny is speaking of housewives, you have a complicated relationship with, I like used to be such a Kyle stan and the past few seasons ever since Teddy came around she's just like yeah. been annoying and um and Dorit kind of calls her on that and so does Garcelle and it was funny because I found myself siding with Garcelle and I was like ooh, this one you know your loyalty is really like yeah kinda dwindled I think Kyle's just one of those people where like she's gotten a little mm. too comfortable in her position yeah. and it's been 10 years and nobody's really like challenging her. And I think we're finally starting to see that. And it just feels it's like different, but I don't think Kyle like needs to be fired or anything. I just yeah. think she needs to kind of like reinvent herself, herself a little bit. I agree. I think she needs to like up her game a little bit. Like she's kind of been flailing a little bit the last yeah. season or two. <laughs> and then the Teddy shit was fucking insane with the dieting. Oh, oh my, my God. Lord I know. Jesus. 
Eddie, talk about like a housewife who was so underwhelming on the show and then like this and then whole thing blew so up. so much drama. <laughs> this whole thing blew up and it's like, she I was almost- so boring until this. And it's then like, she I got I almost fired. want them to keep you for another season to talk about this, but like, it still but wouldn't also, be worth it's it. it's like, yeah, but it wouldn't be right because what she did was so wrong. It's sad though, because what she did, for people who don't know, she like basically her whole like- Accountability program. Accountability coach, so weird. <laughs> like- is that real um thing was kind of like uh anorexia uh, yeah it's like if you will basically you just get you pay a ton of money to get like a really unscientific sounding diet plan out too much yeah and you're getting like harassed over text about it yeah and you have to like sign like ndas about like sketch shit yeah but so basically like i mean that in a way, like, I mean, I'm not condoning anything she did because it was fucked up. And as someone who's, like, had eating issues and talked to people about that, like, ooh, it's definitely cringe. And mm-hmm. I get why they fired her. But at the same time, it's kind of sad because you can just tell, like, I just feel like her her whole career is kind of a house of cards where it's, like, she's trying to pretend like she's so, like, good with her body now and good with her relationship with her body now. And I feel like this was just so, like... I could have seen it coming from a mile away if I'd looked a little closer where it's like, of course she was just like starving herself and her clients, you know, like, cause yeah. she clearly has a lot of shit to work out still. I don't know. Yeah. I, I hope she works out her shit, but I'm glad we won't yeah. have to see it on Real Housewives yeah. of Beverly Hills. You know who she reminds me of, you know who, or not reminds me of, cause actually this character, character, they're real people. <laughs> this housewife <laughs> is, they're real. I forgot sometimes, um, is a lot cooler, but she has like a similarly like fucked up relationship with food is what's her face from New Jersey. Oh, Jackie. Jackie. But Jackie, like, handles it a lot more, like, transparently and, like, seems like she's gotten, like, further or at least is open about how she hasn't gotten as far as she could. Whereas, like, I don't know, Teddy just tried to, like, sweep it under the carpet and be like, I'm fine now. Right. Like, Like, you don't, you you can, like, progress in your own personal journey without, like, saying that you're, like, a fitness guru that's figured it all out. Exactly. Like, she tried to act like she was fixed. It was just, like, kind of apparent (laughs) if you, like, watched her a little closely at, like, meals and stuff. Like, no, you're not 100% there, you know? Yeah, it's – and, like, they – I feel like on the shows, they always show, like, one before photo, and it's, like, okay, like, this isn't, like, that wild to me. Like – to god they send them one before photo it's like was that a like bad angle day like yeah did you i do feel like sometimes over a month sometimes when people have like a storyline like that it's like okay like struggling with your weight or like losing yeah. weight or gaining weight like that's not like wild like it's not like some like life revelation of like yeah, oh my god i yeah. lost 40 pounds once like okay i don't know like yeah I guess it's, <laughs> I, it depends on the person because I get how, like, if it's having an eating disorder is like having an addiction, it, like, controls your life. So I get yeah. I get that storyline, but it's so true where it's, like, sometimes you can feel them, like, I don't think with Teddy because Teddy's was pretty dramatic, but with some people you feel them hyping it up. My favorite before-after photos are Dorit's. They are, Dorit, like, is a different human. yeah. Like she literally, I mean, she looks amazing now. Don't get me wrong, but she, <laughs> she has a new face. Like it's a Kylie Jenner type phenomenon I'm and they don't just it. have she one. <laughs> she looks amazing, but they don't just have one photo of her. Like back in the day, like there are lots of old photos of her, which is also great. Cause it means she's not like hiding it. Like Kylie Jenner is trying to unsuccessfully, <laughs> but you know, but, but it, it just cracks me up when they do her like throwbacks. Cause I'm like, who's this like, curly hair 
haired girl with the kids. I know. It's like this blonde Barbie now. It's like she was just like, all right, I'm starting over. This is my new life and my new face. And I exactly. have a fake accent. How do <laughs> you feel about her accent? I love the accent. I you love, love it. Kyle. <laughs> PK. 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 Do you think you could take Jago out? Yes. Like, so fucking funny. I wonder where she got it from. Like, who is her inspiration? It's, it seems like maybe pulled from a few things. We it's like she watched like a Catherine Hepburn movie and was like, what would this sound like in, <laughs> what would this sound like in 2017? <laughs> <laughs> Not 2020, 2017. Okay. On that note, we're going to have to wrap up, but Dylan, this has been so fun. You're such a like iconic guest to have on. I'm so excited oh that you replied to me and that we got to do this. What a treat for me. Do you want to tell everyone where they can find you? Which you yeah. have quite a few places they can find Of course. You. Yeah. So you can follow me on Instagram at Dylan Hafer. That's mm. just my name. And then also <laughs> make sure to follow at Bravo by Betches for all of my Housewives, etc. content. And then really um, good, yeah. hosting the Mention It All podcast, wherever you're listening to this, we have new episodes every Monday, Thursday, and Friday, and we have a great time. So check it out. Yes. Okay. So check all of that out. Uh, go to the Batch's website, read some of his writing. It's oh, yeah. very good, very funny, very clever. And then um, as always for me, you can find me on my personal page at CKNY1213. I'm also that on TikTok. If anyone ever wants to follow me on TikTok. Um, and then <laughs> for the podcast, follow me at WTF Sup Pod with two Ps. And please rate, review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Okay, bye guys. 